0: Here we are, here we are. Wow, it's um, February. I can't believe it. It's um, it feels like yesterday we were chatting about Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's so what was What was the last time we had um, December? Yeah, I think so.
1: Where have you been? I've been overseas, Jim. Um, we had a great time. Uh, My wife, Kate, and I got away to Byron Bay, so we're quite lucky to have a few weeks up there catching up with some good friends, and then I came back soon thereafter and um, went off to the U.S. for a few weeks. Amazing. Which part of the U.S.? So mainly um, San Fran, uh, Vegas for a convention, and then um, San Fran, Silicon Valley. So that was a really cool trip. Uh, We got to do some really cool stuff and meet some, um, yeah, some really inspiring people there.
0: Oh, you have to tell me about it in this episode.
1: Yeah, well, and um, and also you've had a pretty cool trip over um, over in
0: Athens. I did. know. we spent a couple, just over a couple of weeks in Athens in early Jan, um, and I'll tell you about that as well. Yeah, I thought I'd, re- I'd really, really be keen to hear more about it. Mm. And how about we cover off where we've been, what we've done, and maybe some of our ideas of what we're going to do this year. Yeah, I think so. We
1: can share some, I guess, some intentions for the year, maybe um, open that up a little bit. Yeah, sounds good. Do you want to tell me about what you got up to in Athens? Now, I've been really excited about hearing about how that all went because, um, yeah, I've been sitting through some of the preparation with you, just some of the small pieces. So so how, how has that played out?
0: Athens has has happens to be one of my favorite cities if not my favorite city next to Melbourne of course yeah, um, um, I love being in Athens um, at any time of year so the opportunity came up for me to facilitate our innovation culture program with the amazing organization in Athens a technology um, organization called marine traffic um, which is based in Athens but also has offices around the world that opportunity came up Uh, late last year and I guess you were there when we were scrambling to um, get things ready um, as Christmas was fast approaching and that was a really exciting time I think just to um, have an opportunity put in front of you and um, meet with some really great people and then jump on a plane and be on the other side of the world in the blink of an eye um, delivering to you know close to 110 people um in one of the world's most amazing cities so yeah um it was um mind-blowing mind-blowing
1: so jim you you jumped on a transformational project with 110 people halfway around the world you didn't hesitate once in a a tech company
0: Mm, mm. yeah i feel very comfortable in technology because um it is my background but um i also feel very comfortable when um put into a situation where you just have to go I, I saw it as a really amazing opportunity, so I was—I just headed straight for it. And the people, I must say, you know, everyone from the founder to the CEO, the COO, and everyone that I met there, the head of sales, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, the business analysts—they were just really um, wonderful, wonderful people who approached their own change towards a culture of innovation with, you know, an open mind, an open heart, um, and a little bit of skepticism. But you know, that's normal. But um, it was really, really exciting. It was wonderful. Just look, let me put this into a little bit of context.
1: It's not easy to run a transformational project in Melbourne, but to actually get on a plane to be working with what, how many different cultures from around the world, how many different nationalities? Quite a few. And you actually had no
0: hesitation? Not at all. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they have um, offices in Singapore, Philippines, um, the UK – um, I think one a small base in the US, um, and one or two people in Majorca, Spain. Um, so they have an amazing business that um, allows you to track um, ships and vessels on the sea anywhere around the globe, and the they have uh, a lot of data and, and an API that's um, available and accessible um, and monetized. Um, a very clever business, very clever business model, and also just going great guns. Really inspiring. So, Jim, you know what amazes
1: me about you? You've gone and flown halfway around the world, all right, to run a transformational project with how many different cultures? Uh, quite a few. Well, eight, nine. Like, wow. so, so at the best of times, I mean, running a, a large-scale transformational and you know change management project within an organization is challenging to do in Melbourne, and you've gone and tackled this without hesitation. Without any any hesitation whatsoever.
0: T- tell me about tell me about how that happens for you. Oh, um, you know, I'm not afraid of change. Um, I think I need it in my life. Um, I also I don't fear having opportunities thrown at me, um, or questions thrown at me in that way. So when you know this opportunity arose, um, hey, you know. It helps that it was in Athens, right? Yeah, look, <laughs> it, it helps, and it's a, it's, a, it's like a, I haven't been to Athens, but from what I hear and from what you tell me, it sounds like an amazing place. It is, of course, it's a city of contradictions, but um, it's a wonderful, old, ancient, beautiful city. But um, you know, when this opportunity arose, just. I, I, I'm, I don't fear that sort of thing, you know, and I do. I, I understand that a lot of um, entrepreneurs and um, leaders um, fear disruption and change, but you know, these, sort, these sorts of opportunities for me, I dive straight at them. And and you know, if I if I fail, I fail. You know, so if I fail, okay. I fail. Okay, yeah, there's that saying: if you're if you're not failing you're not learning you're not um, trying hard enough yeah, i'm not trying hard enough that's yeah. true um but yeah i kind of tackle it with great gusto and you know granted i was dealing with an organization that was just a remarkable really wonderful group of people um that i was i was very lucky yeah okay but look even
1: the concept for a lot of our listeners just getting up in front of 110 people and holding
0: that space for how many days um, so the way the way it was structured. So you know, for four weeks, I was um, onboarding the 110 participants via email and video, and then on the day, um, on the, during the week in Athens or the first week in Athens, I met with their leadership team for the day, uh, to sort of prepare and brief. I briefed uh, 10 innovation leaders um, for a few hours on the second day, on the th- and second and third day, a couple of meetings there to sort of understand the product, and kind of later in that week, I did a very short introductory uh, presentation um, as part of their first day of their uh, biannual summit and then the final day of the week was a full eight-hour um, workshop um, that I facilitated. Yeah, So it was broken up um, but quite immersive and also very inclusive of a large portion of the organisation as well.
1: Yes, yeah, so, what, so what goes on in your mind, in your head when you're in the middle of a space like that? Because for a lot of people um, that can be quite challenging and confronting. What What's what dial, what's the dialogue going on in your head when you're turning up to do something like that?
0: Uh, look, you yeah. know, I think the first thing that I have to accept is I'm not going to please everyone. Okay. Uh, You know, I'm not – and I accept that. You know, I'm not going to please everyone. Um, Not everyone in the room is going to like you and that's Okay. uh, That's one of the main things for me is not to go in and expect absolute perfection and the fact – and you're not going to have everyone in the room walking out, punching the air and waving your flag, right? And a lot of people go into those situations thinking that's what they need to achieve. So that's a – so from the outset, they're setting
1: themselves up for failure. So that's a lot of pressure to come in and think I'm going to get everyone on board or everyone along a change – or a transformational project. Yeah,
0: Yeah, of course. Um, The other aspect of it, you know, my um, facilitation started many weeks prior. Um, Every piece of communication that you have with the entity that is that organisation, every piece of communication counts towards your in-person facilitation. Every bit of onboarding, every piece of... Uh, every resource and tool that you send and send through um, every piece of writing that goes through counts towards um, how you feel how they feel when they arrive and enter the room and how the conversation is structured. All of it plays a part. Um, on, on the day, on the ground, in the messaging and the facilitation of the thing that you're doing, speaking generally, you have to t- it's, a, it's a way of teaching and it's a way of communicating and the message has to be simplified and a narrative has to be built. You don't give them the answer at the beginning, or you might, but you need to explain things slowly and purposefully and give them immersive things to do and understand. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, sometimes it's messy, it's a bit clumsy, that's fine. It all has to slow down, and it all starts with you being able to slow down the chatter in your mind to be able to then accept how this unfolds and and plays out. So you've got your you've got your your, your strategy like
1: your peace and your intent your purpose and then you've got the stuff that always the stream of thoughts that go go on in our head whenever we put ourselves into a challenging situation it's almost like two parts of yourself i mean the sort of endless stream of dialogue that we have whenever we step into something with a a little bit of pressure something that provokes or challenges us how do you still that chatter how do you keep yourself pretty
0: grounded every every morning i went out for a run yeah, I'm not a long-distance runner. Like short, very fast, short distances. So, you know, I just did a fast three Ks every morning, just to clear my mind and get the blood moving and get the cobwebs out. There, that's one way that I that, that I steal my own mind. I steal the chatter um, when you're running or when you're exercising or moving. You know, that you've got other things to think about rather than the thing that you're walking in, walking into. Um, so that's one way that I do it. Everyone's different.
1: Yeah, look, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm fascinated by how people deal with those situations because it's not like you're going to be walking into that project with completely no adrenal response. I mean, you're still going to be a bit heightened, but that's okay. It's not a big deal. It's just trying to get yourself down to a level where you know you need to get really clear on how the day needs to play out.
0: Yeah, of course, um, you know, and I think the first thing you say in that environment is critical. Yes. So how you start? Absolutely, the first you know two three minutes is uh, absolutely critical. So one of the first things that I would do in a large environment like that is ask everyone to stand up and rearrange the room to make themselves feel comfortable because in that situation, the first thing that they did, you know, there was uh, I think 10 or 11 groups of 10 where what they did was just sit around the table. So it was like they were pretty formal, pretty formal. They were at a dinner dance or a wedding. Yes. Um, So I asked them to get up and this is a beautiful, beautiful contemporary building in Athens. um, um, And I just asked them to move the tables and chairs around, bring couches into. The large room that we're in, um, and make it comfortable. That. And that challenged them a bit and changed the dynamic. The other thing I did was I asked the founders and C levels to stand up and I asked for their permissions to remove everyone's job title for the day. Just a, a little symbol that e- signified inclusiveness and equality in information sharing and idea sharing. Little things like that that happen at the beginning are critical um, to kind of disrupt the expectation of participants and also, uh, you know, use the term break the ice, but, you know, just to make people feel comfortable because you've got to think that participants in that environment they're also nervous it's not just you so so you've got a
1: level of nerves um, kicking around in, in your head they're a bit nervous but through it all your role is to get them to drop their guard you're disarming them, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. So you're getting them warmed up. You're getting, you're starting to develop some relationship and rapport, and they, and they, they uh, the purpose. is They're starting to trust you, and that's not going to happen overnight. But that's why you prime them beforehand. You can't just turn up in a day and say, "You've got to trust me. I know what I'm doing. I'm an ex- expert.
0: This is my title, and this is your title." that's it and the result is a combination of all the ex- every experience every bit of experience they've had with you which is why the uh, the preamble the onboarding and every every touch point beforehand is critical it's not just you turning up in the day and hope, hoping for the best this is a really
1: interesting topic because we are we do often talk about leadership and this is just a lens of leadership mm. So, if you're telling me that everything that you say to someone matters, from an email to a conversation uh, to just a simple dialogue, then what does that tell us about really good powerful leadership?
0: I actually wrote about this morning and um, Marita and I, Marita's going to come in and host one of these shows um, shortly, um, as will Taryn and Lauren as well. So, um, two, three different people behind the mics, which will be a nice change from us two, I guess. That's going to be a great change. and I have been talking about um, storytelling for quite a while um, and I wrote something about leadership and storytelling this morning it's critical so many leaders are unable to communicate um, to large rooms to rooms of la- large groups of people let alone to other people which is harder mind you <laughs> um, so many leaders have, have find it so difficult to tell a compelling Story and build a narrative around that story over a long period of time. Yes, presentation skills are important, but building a narrative and telling stories around that narrative is a skill. It's a skill sorely missed in a lot of leadership circles. I'd you know, I'm really passionate about this topic because...
1: When I, I work with a lot of organizations and a lot of teams and a lot of uh, various, you know, a lot of different scenarios and, and I often notice and, and I try not to judge because I, I can often be absent in terms of the way I communicate and just miscues, but there's really nothing more annoying than being dismissed, not listened to, ignored uh people not uh being present or aware and i'm i've certainly been guilty of it i'm certainly in the mix if i'm not aware or if i'm caught in my head and i'm not listening to someone within a room so how i engage with people just on a daily Situation, it says a lot about how I engage in presentations and workshops. It kind of plays out. So it all sort of matters. How I deal with a Brista down the road, how I deal with that, um, you know, tra- the simple courtesy of acknowledging a tram driver, just these little things in your community kind of really play out the lens that you have in the world. And if I'm present and I'm aware, then I'll be aware of how my behaviour affects others. So people kind of they go straight to the big stuff, but it's
0: kind of not the big stuff. It's the little stuff that you've got to get right. And that's a, such a wonderful way of looking at facilitating a large room of people, isn't it? Um, how you deal with a barista making your coffee is absolutely, that's practice, isn't it? It's daily, uh, almost hourly, by-the-minute practice.
1: Yeah, Jim, you know, the other the other thing, I was talking to someone the other day, and, and this word word keeps coming up, but we might have mentioned it in a previous podcast, but you've actually got to give a shit. Oh, you do? You've actually got to genuinely care. You can't fake caring about Being present with someone, can you? It's because it's going to it's going to come across in a really uh, disingenuous way, but that then plays out through the way you you facilitate a large project like that, a large transformational project. Those those simple skills that we forget. So true. I want to hear about your trip. Yes, yes, yes. My uh, my trip was uh, quite exciting, a lot of fun. Um, You know, we we talk about the sort of mind chatter when you're about to embark on a new journey, and I can assure you. Uh, we had a lot of mind chatter about spending two weeks okay, away from my wife and away from home. Um, I'm in a foreign country with some really good uh, people with me and we're embarking on a new journey. We're um, doing some work with a tech startup in the construction space. It's really quite exciting, but also at the same time, um, just the pressure of going into a a new country and discovering a new market just dealing with basic things like jet lag um just getting your time um, you know getting the you know the getting the clock in your head right your sleep cycles yeah jet lag and just getting up and the pressure of actually having to engage with people um you're there for two weeks you've got a limited period of time you've got to perform you've got to get up and you've got to engage and deliver and go against what you often naturally feel look i've got to get some rest i've got to get, <laughs> got to get my head right i've got to work out a straight did you know you've got to you've got to get going from day one because you've only got two weeks. So it was exciting. Uh, it was quite inspiring. We had, met some really cool people, and I, I think the mantra for us was. I mean, regardless of where you are in the world, people are just people. Mm. You know, we've we've all got the same needs to be, you know, heard, to be engaged, to be respected. And if you're going with that mantra, and uh, if you're in the America, you've you know, with your, your decent Aussie accent, um,
0: yeah, it's you know, we yeah, we we we, uh, we had some really cool experiences. Yeah, amazing. Tell me about you. You mentioned to me the other day that you're um, you're presenting to potential investors, and you can keep obviously you have to you can keep some things. Uh, Confidential, of course, but you're in a scenario where some of your partners were presenting and pitching, um, and something didn't go right, and you had to fill fill the gap or fill the fill the emptiness. Oh, happens all the time. Yeah, happens all the time. Look,
1: we you know we we often find ourselves in situations when you're presenting tech. The tech doesn't always go right. The Wi-Fi, the bandwidth isn't. Coming ro- uh, isn't going as well as you expected and you've actually got to fill the space for your for your partners and it's just a really cool way to just say hey listen we're here, human not everything's going to go perfect um when you're talking about tech you want tech to go really well but often tech doesn't go well for whatever reason you can't get access to decent wi-fi you're at a convention or something like that and i think the the mindset is it's actually not a big deal let's have a bit of a crack a few gags have a bit of a laugh and and it's it's important that when you go into a, a new scenario whether it's a overseas transformational project or into a uh, i guess a challenging uh, uh, new environment you've got to have people around you that you where you get to support and bounce off each other and i think it sort of shows me the the power of of team the power of having good people in a room and the power of having each other's back And that's, you know, and that was, um, it was just really telling. And I, I, look, I don't know if I'm a little bit crazy, but I love practicing this stuff because you've got to practice stuff that doesn't go well. Because if you assume that things are going to go well in entrepreneurship or in business, well, you're going to get caught out pretty quickly. So I I like practicing stuff that doesn't go well. How do you do that? I just find situations to be uh, really, to get better at being comfortable with angst and uncertainty, yeah. What, know, kind,
0: what kind of situations do you, <laughs> you look
1: for? Oh, I got plenty, mate. Yeah, <laughs> they happen every day. Yeah, and it's really, it's, yeah, it's, it's more about how other people react around you. Yeah, so when people are reacting in a heightened way, which happens often, it's just business, you'd be negotiating, you're dealing with. <sighs> You know, people's passions, difficult situations or scenarios, it's pretty common that during any one day in, in your world, you're going to get people overreacting. It's not that they're wrong or they're right. It's just that the way they've been conditioned, they've been conditioned to overreact, overreact to a, a stressful situation.
0: Oh, I'd love to. Re- I'd love to dive into that and maybe read some literature on that. That's really amazing. I th-
1: it's essential work for leadership. It's, it's probably well. I won't say it's the only work, but it's, it's certainly a, a, a really important topic. And that's how do you get comfortable in really difficult scenarios, and how do you practice that? How do you practice the small stuff? How do you practice just not reacting to someone that's being really unreasonable, even in a traffic situation? Because mm. how you, how you, how that plays out for you will tell. Or you and I will, t- will tell me a lot about how that plays out in a heightened situation in something where, the, the, where, where it really matters. Yeah,
0: wow. And, you know, I meet so many people who expect to go from uh, unprepared and to completely prepared immediately without the practice, or without the doesn't failure work. in the middle. It doesn't yeah. work. It's just too hard, mate. We're human beings. We're not designed to, to do that kind of stuff. Talk to me about your plans for the year. What do you think this year is going to look like?
1: You know, one of the one of the themes
0: that I think you and I discussed
1: the other day when we caught up over a glass of wine was um, one thing that's really important for me, Jim, is just getting the word out to more people, to a bigger audience. Uh, That's what i mean by getting the word out is getting the word out about the work that you and i both do the way we engage and impact people the way that we help people and provide environments where they get to walk through a transformational process whether it's using design thinking whether it's implementing strategy or whether it's mentoring through um, startup and scale up Uh, getting that core message uh, around how do we find that potential that exists within us what are the tools what are the mechanisms what's the strategy that supports that so I think getting that core word out around human potential is is probably one of the one of the overarching themes for me this year
0: yeah wonderful very similar to mine and you know the other thing um that really is sort of orbiting my thinking is more and more um and this is a really obvious realization but more and more over the last couple of years i'm surrounded by people that are gravitating towards me with similar values uh, a similar purpose um and that to me is quite a striking um, thing, occurrence, because I could choose to ignore it. I could choose to just accept that you know, there's some interesting people entering my orbit and share a coffee with them, etc. Or I can choose to, again, look into it, dive into it and, and ask myself, well, what can I make of this or what can we make of this together? How can we use our common purposes, our um, common values for good, with, for impact, to help others? Um, as you say reach their potential Um, and for me that's something that I've been really pondering on and I I think that's something I'm going to be focusing on uh, thinking about over the next month and doing something about because um, I want to rush into it Uh, I don't want to just take it for granted that there is a group of people that are gravitating more and more you know by uh, clients who are values aligned people who are values aligned and with common purposes and i think that that really means something to me um it's better than the alternative you know you've jim you've you've
1: made a point around um when you get a group of people with, with similar values we're all different we've all got our own personalities and quirks and eccentricities but if we've got a a similar value set and then you you stick a bit to some really purposeful collaboration to it that that's pretty much where high performance comes from because you can't actually do this stuff on your own can you you need other people around you, so you're up, they're down. You're down, they're up. I mean, we're all sort of human. We'll suffer the same human conditions and, and and pressures and challenges. So having a group of people like that is where the magic
0: happens. It does. It sure does. You know, and I think we coined. You know, we were talking about authentic collaboration earlier, and. I think that's what it is. Authentic collaboration uh, comes from, you know, circling yourself with people with common values, a common purpose, common narrative, um, good people, kind with kindness and compassion that want to do good work, uh, meaningful work together. You know, and you know I think authentic collaboration is probably going to be an o- an ongoing theme for me over the year, and I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. And and you and I have discussed this often. So what's what's the idea? ideal world look like for you by the end of the year or next year what is it what does it look and feel like
0: Oh, uh, look, you know, I'd love to do something with groups of entrepreneurs. I'd love to do, um, yeah, I'm really excited in the next few weeks I'm helping a board of directors facilitate their um, seven-year strategic plan. Uh, I'm really excited about that. That's happening in the short term. So I'd like to do more of that, just work with a lot of boards, etc., around Australia or internationally, um, just helping them plan good strategy and meaningful, authentic strategy, not just, you know, the type – Around yes. a, a sit around a boardroom and throw ideas at a wall cliches, platitudes, know, all of that yeah I don't want to do that um, so I'm really excited about that in the short term and I, I hope that pushes out to long term I'd love to do some work in and we're doing some at the moment but uh, some work in organisational design and and culture building uh, and we're doing some work around it at the moment I think there's something in common that we, you and I have in that area but also uh, my team's really um, strong and passionate about that area as well so that's an area that we're going to be a exploring over the year as well. You, you know, the the thing
1: that you've uh, the, the pennies just dropped. There's so many good people doing really cool work, and there's so much scope for far more collaboration than the work we're experiencing at the moment. And I guess why can't we actually just get more people together, and why can't we just reach out? I mean, it always takes someone to go first and say, "Hey, what are you up to? Um, how can we work together?" And it's not, it's not, it's not, and it's not transactional. It's not like I've given you something, therefore I expect something in return. It's not a just a you know one side transaction either, is it?
0: No, not at all. It's a little bit non-conformist too. You know, everyone just sticks with business as usual. No, I like the idea of um, having a, dynam- a business that's dynamic and kind of ebbs and flows and the people that come in and out of it change depending, and the programs that get delivered uh, delivered by different units of those people because that's exciting to me. Um, it's nimble, it's agile. I know I'm dropping a bit a little, little bit of jargon there, but it's a nimble, a truly nimble and agile organization where different parts of it deliver different things based on um, skill set and strength, you know, different areas playing to their strengths. And I, I'm excited about that. I mean, isn't that what we're here for? Aren't
1: we here to do some really cool stuff? And it's not always going to go right. We're not going to get every part of it right, but that, that's the whole journey about breaking those moulds down and saying, how are we going to shift this?
0: I completely agree. We have a, um, a sign-off in, on our emails. It's one of our um, core values and behavioural principles at work and it says it's just underneath my name my email you know the links says rattle the cage and that to me is absolute um it means to me don't conform challenge convention and rush into it when the opportunity is there for me it's about rattling the cage I like it. I might actually try
1: and practice that this week.
0: (laughs) Do it. Do it. If I can leave you with that, that's exciting. Terrific. Cool. So um, another thing that I'd like to do this year is I'd like to invite groups of different people into the studio here. Um, One person to take my seat and work with you. Um, Another person to take your seat and work with me. Um, And at other times, two people to come in and take both our seats and just to change the voices around and, again, not conform to the usual pattern and I know you and I have reached a nice rhythm and let's continue that. But um, what do you think about that? That'll be exciting.
1: Look, I think we need to mix it up a little bit and I think we need to get some other people in here to to shift the dynamic um, just to provide some more variety in context. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I'd love for you and I to also, we had a great session with Reg a a couple of months ago now, but I'd love for you and I to, to find another really driven leader like Reg and we can interview them as well in the short term. I
1: think maybe we can reach out to our podcast audience as well and just really put the question out there in terms of who they might want to listen to or any ideas about who we could actually engage with and and that'll be a really cool way to, to bring bring a, not just a subject matter expert but really someone that's gone to a place where um you know, they've got some really cool lessons and stories to That'd develop. be amazing.
0: That'd be absolutely amazing. And they can reach us by emailing, emailing um, us at fearless at and that'll come straight to us. So, yeah, that will be good. Terrific. No, it's great to,
1: great to uh, reconnect for the new year, Jim. <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah, it will.
0: Take care. Fearless is produced by Jim Antonopoulos and Damien Carolla. We broadcast from the Georges Building in Collins Street, Melbourne. Your questions, your insights and your ideas will help us feed future episodes.